Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artists, and we listen to all of their records from their first record to their last record, and we rank them from worst to best, give our biggest banger from each of them, possibly a stinker. I don't know. But before we do that, we get into our six degrees of Tom DeLonge, and that's where we connect our boy Tom DeLonge to the band of the week. And this week, we are doing Death by Stereo. Uh, We're doing their seven records, and uh, yeah, it should be a good time. Death by Stereo. Uh, this is also we're also in the middle of Orange County season right now, where we're only doing bands from the city, from the county of Orange here in California. <laughs> uh, last week we did The Offspring. This week Death by Stereo, and next week we are uh, rounding it out with a with a with a classic band from this area. So stay tuned for that. So if you didn't already know, my name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and five stars only. Uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio, so go check it out. Follow us, tell all your friends. And um, with all that done, all that boring intro done and over with, let's get into our six degrees of Tom DeLonge. If you have any, I have three. Oh, dang. Cool. I have I have one. I mean, this was... This is easy. It, it was really easy. And um, so I'll, I'll just do mine. Jared Alexander, the drummer, he touring um drummer for alkaline trio skeebs to tom but um I, it, yeah. it's interesting that two of these guys ian Foles, og member of death by stereo and jared alexander guitarist yeah uh, early drummer both met again later on on gerard way's first solo album yes the hell how weird weird <laughs> super what weird yeah fuck? what the fuck out of all the musicians right well, Jared, Jared was also played. He, well, he's the current drummer for My Chemical Romance, and he joined the band right before they went on hi- hiatus, like in 2013 or 2014. And then when they regrouped, he he they brought him back into the band to play drums. So but he, the Ian Fowles one is is a little weird too, especially yeah. considering they're from the East Coast. Like, it I just seems it. I don't know. It just seems odd. It's very odd. It's bizarre. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was cool. Yeah. That was funny. That was funny. Yeah. So, so one of my one of my six degrees is Jared Alexander to Matt Skiba, but Matt Skiba in the Secrets. So he played he actually played in Matt Skiba in the Secrets as well. So that was my connection. Skiba to Blink, Blink to Tom. Um, my other well, another six degree of Tom DeLonge for me. We start with Rob Aston. Um, he w- did he he was he was a background vocalist on the Death by Stereo, Death by Stereo record, Into the Valley of the Death. Uh, Rob Aston is the one of the vocalists in Transplants. Transplants has Travis Barker, Travis Barker to Boxcar Racer, Boxcar Racer to Tom. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one is Ephraim Schultz, the singer from Death by Stereo. He was a guest vocalist on one of the songs off of Atreyu's first record, Suicide Notes and Butt Kisses. Uh, and then and we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. John Feldman has produced three of Atreyu's records. John Feldman to Blink, Blink to Tom. There so you there go. go. Look at that. Six degrees of Look Tom DeLong. 
Look at that. Look at that, dude. Well, um, okay, so let's let, let's move on. Death by Stereo, seven records. We're going to rank all seven of their records uh, and also give our biggest banger from each of them, talk about them a little bit. So let's uh, let's get into it. What do you got for number seven, Jeff? Go. Worst record. Go. Um... Eh, it was still it was still fine, but Death is my only friend, the fifth mm. album. It was it was fine. This is this is a record I don't. After listening, I was like, I don't even know what the fuck I listened to here, and I did space these out because early on I, I figured they were going to end up here, and they did. There's a lot of singing on this album, and he's not a good singer, and this type of singing I just I can't fucking stand anyway. It's that kind of metalcorey singing, mm-hmm. hate it, and he's not good at it. And they do a lot of it here. And the band really doesn't do anything else on this album. And they don't do slow yeah. songs very well. And so that's why... I would agree. That's why this is so low. I don't have a banger from this one. This is um, this is their worst one for me, like, easy. Everything else after this, at least, like, I enjoyed parts of it. Okay, fair. That's fair. Uh, so my number seven is also Death is My Only Friend. Uh, I... I don't think it's a necessarily bad record. I get what you're saying. That kind of singing, I don't feel as Ephraim's strong point. He does have, I mean, he's a rad vocalist and he's so unique. Nobody sounds like Ephraim in any way, the way he screams, the way he he does his like little spoken word stuff. The singing, nobody sounds like Ephraim. Um, but here, yeah, it's just, I think they were, tr- I think they were just trying to go for more of like a radio friendly sound on this one. They signed a surgical records, which is Serge Tankian from System of a Down. That was his record label at the time. From what I've heard through the grapevine, um, they recorded this record. It was shelved for a while because there were issues with Serge and certain things happening in the world. So they got kind of thrown in, on the back burner. And there was a, this record took forever to get released because of that. And the promotion of it, marketing of it, just got completely kind of trashed, which sucks for them, really. Um, but yeah, so Death is My Only Friend is my, my number seven. My banger is the opener, Opening Destruction. I mean, that song, that song, it does hit pretty fucking hard. Uh, also, this record produced by Jason Freeze, your boy Jason Freeze, you know, yeah. Josh Freeze's brother. Um, also, Jared Alexander, the drummer uh, from the first record, came back and played drums on this record. But it doesn't, it doesn't really click. Like it does on the first record. Good stuff yeah. though. Great performance. He's great performance still. Yeah. So it was cool though. Jared Alexander coming back after fucking what ten years for this record. So um, yeah, Death is My Only Friend is my number seven. Okay. Not a bad record, but I mean, I rarely, rarely ever go back to this one. I would never go so, back to this. <laughs> when it came out, man, I listened to this record like crazy. But also. I fucking love Death by Stereo. So when any of the records were coming out, I would just just listen to them constantly. But uh, so what do you got for number six? Uh, Into the Valley of Death, the third record, okay. two thousand three. And there wasn't like anything inherently wrong with this, but I just I do think this is kind of filler for them at this point. This is just kind of middle of the road sounding. They're not expanding on anything that they hadn't already done in the previous two records. And they're not really doing anything new that we'll hear on the next like two records. So it's just it's just kind of like riding riding the fence. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. It's it's good. 
I would probably never go back to this because they do this sound better before and they kind of go in a different direction afterwards that I like more. But this mm-hmm. is still fine. There's nothing wrong with this. Good Morning America, that song was fucking dope. I love the back and forth <laughs> vocals thing that they do. I think it's super hectic. Yeah. It's frantic and it's 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 cool. They do that sound very well. And I like it. Yeah, some of their back and forth stuff is is really, really solid. But um yeah, number number six for me is also Into the Valley of Death. Damn. This one dropped this one dropped a lot more than I was expecting. Um I, I did my preliminary rankings with this band and this is much higher. And after listening to, well, I actually listened to all their records at least twice. Um, and this one just dropped a lot. Not to say it's bad because I, I really do love this record and there are some absolute bangers on this one, but it's definitely a transition record for them. They, I feel like they decided to go, I don't, I don't want to say like a more poppy route, but definitely more melodic than day of the death. And if looks could kill, um, and they just, I don't want to say they didn't nail it, but it's just, there's something missing and I don't know what it is. I still love this record. Some great guitar playing from Dan, some great back and forth screaming, some great back and forth vocals in general. Um, like my, my favorite song on this one is, uh, these are a few of my favorite things. I just, it, it's, it's chaos during that bridge. I fucking love the screams they're just they're so fucking intense and then it just drops right back into the chorus it it's a really really good song and overall it's a really good record i specifically remember when this record dropped i immediately went out and bought it on cd and i listened to the hell out of this record too so into the valley of death is my number number six great album i would get it on vinyl really the only one i wouldn't get on vinyl the only one i wouldn't get on vinyl is death is my only friend um unless it was like really really cheap but i just i rarely ever go back to it in general but yeah i would definitely i would for sure get into the valley of death okay all right that's um, fine so what do you got for number five those are words sure uh, <laughs> those are words dude we're all we're all dying just in time okay their newest record 2000 uh was this 20 20 2020 20 yeah. yeah 2020 this is um this was fun because they've they've done this before where they've They've incorporated a lot of different genres into their music, a lot of pop elements, but never gone full pop. The, you know, some pop punk stuff, some kind of weird bass lines that are like reminiscent of, of like EDM and dance stuff. Mm-hmm. And they did it here. And this was just a fun, goofy record. And they didn't take themselves seriously. And I enjoyed this a lot. I think this is a great record. But it's kind of like. Like, there's not a lot of substance here for me. This is just a bunch of guys doing what they do best, having a good time, having fun. I'm having fun. But, eh. Eh. <laughs> like, do I really want to keep okay. this? And I did have this on the vinyls, and I purged it. Oh, no. I got this one for you, too. I got this I one at Program. Huge shout-out to Program. I know. I get Ephraim, Death by Stereo Ephraim Records. owns the story. At the Death by Stereo <laughs> Record Store. I know. <laughs> I think this album is good. I, I, think, yeah. I think just off base, I would, I would give this... If not a two, I would give it like a high one point something. It is good. It is okay. a good record. It's a it's a culmination of everything they've done. There's still like hardcore punk here. There's a little bit of metalcore, but there's also the kind of like those fun, quirky, goofy tracks that they like. Hey, fuck it, let's just, let's, let's do this genre now because we want to. I just I just don't. Yeah. I don't know. Replayability. It's low. It's low. Okay. All right. All right. All right. My. Uh Dang. Okay, so anybody listening, when we mention 
you know, records 1.9 or whatever, that's not out of 10. So we have our world famous three point rating system where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So keep that in mind. So my number my number five is uh, is also we're all dying just in time. Damn girl, what's going so, on? <laughs> this doesn't happen often where our rankings are almost identical so far, or they are identical so far. So yeah, we're all dying just in time. Twenty twenty latest record. I I think this is a really really solid record. A uh, really cool vinyl variant that that I have for this one. Pick this one up from Program. Huge shout out Fullerton, California. Check them out if you're in the area great guys um and uh yeah like like i like you said this is this just sounds like they're having a lot of fun just guys getting into a room writing songs not taking themselves too seriously not that i feel like they really ever did lyrically i think i think ephraim does but musically it's just like we just like a lot of different kinds of things thrash punk hardcore it's just so they just kind of throw it all in here and it's that's what this is. Like, this is just, I feel like this record is the perfect combination of everything that they had done. Like, the perfect combination of it all. And just, I don't want to say, nothing's bad about this record. It's just, it's just a good, solid fucking record. I would for sure give this a, I would for sure give this a two. Two out of three. Two out of three for me. Well, that's fair. We're all dying just in time. It really solid is a record. good record. There's Could nothing wrong with this record. And, and, and Again, like this is everything they've done to the max. Whenever they've done like kind of like instrumental parts that are a little bit softer, they did it here and then just like double down on it. It's a good, good, solid record. It is. Yep. So what do you got for number four? Uh, here's where you're probably going to differ a little bit. You probably had this one a little bit higher, but Day of the Death, that's uh, my fourth. Okay. This is, um, we're getting into the spots here where I pretty much buy these on the vinyls now. Anything, okay. Anything here? Um, their second album, two thousand one. What uh, what kind of made this one different for me was the variety of songs already compared to their first album. This is very similar overall to "It Looks Could Kill," but they had some softer instrumental bridges and interludes here that showed a little more, a little more diverse songwriting. Like they're not just mm-hmm. a bunch of like OC punkers, but they do listen to a lot of other types of music, and it was kind of fun because I went through one to the end. And then this is the one that I thought, like, oh, damn, like, this is the beginning of them kind of expanding their musical genres. But then, like, going back and listening to the album of the week, I was like, nope, it's it's there. It's just buried under, like, a lot of aggression. But it's, yeah, that's why the number <laughs> one's number one, so. Um, yeah. But, like, also, Ephraim, he actually tries to sing on this one, but it's it's not full-on singing like he was doing on, on Death is My Only Friend. It's still, it's still kind of like punker singing. So he's screaming and he's growling. So it's a lot of fun. He's not taking himself seriously. So it works. Everything comes together and it sounds exactly like what you hope this scene, this genre to sound. Obviously holding $60 is going to be like the easiest banger. That's Fuck, that's, such that's a good the song. most like that's probably I mean for me that's for sure the most nostalgic song for this this band. Um but you mess with one bean, you mess with the whole burrito. That's a pretty That's goddamn good damn close second right there. He's all in with his singing on this one, but he also screams. Yeah. And the song goes Some from fast to slow to chuggy it. to hardcore punk. Dude, it's fucking wild. That is a beyond yeah. banger of a song. For sure. That's that's my that's my second favorite song on the record. I love love that song. 
Damn, Day of the Death is so good. But I, I get what you're saying on that. You know, it's it's definitely a the transition record. And really, if Looks Could Kill is their is their album that just nothing sounds like it. It's so so fucking different. But okay, so that was your number four, Day of the Death. My number four is Black Sheep of the American Dream. Sixth album from twenty twelve. This one, um this one's just like a good, aggressive guitar driven guitar solo record like it's it doesn't really let up there's some there's melodic vocals on here but nothing is i guess overly melodic there's not big choruses really um it's just it's just a punch punch you in the face record i i really i really like this record i don't have it on vinyl but i would love to have it on vinyl and i do remember seeing that at program a couple years ago and i was like okay it's I mean, it's Ephraim a store or Cones a store. It's like, it's probably always going to be here. And then after like a couple months, it was gone. And I was just like, oh, fuck, I missed my opportunity. Mm. But um, but no, it's I, I do really love Black Sheep and uh, just the guitar playing. Dan, Dan shines on this one. Dan Palmer absolutely shines on this record, rips it up. I think he's a truly underrated guitar player within the scene, the, the, the OC scene. Like everybody always talks about, you know, you know, fucking your boy, uh, Sinister Gates. <laughs> I mean, everybody talks about him from the scene because, I mean, he really is an incredible guitar player. But I honestly, I think Dan, technically speaking, I think Dan is a better guitar player than your boy. Why do you call my boy first of all? I fucking do. Because you love Sinister Gates. I can't say <laughs> oh, I didn't want to say this his fucking name because it's so stupid. But uh, no, there's, there's. I mainly two. just say it because it makes you so mad. <laughs> God, he's so obnoxious. The whole band is so obnoxious. No, I, Dan's fine, but there are two other people on their album of the week, at least, that that for me just completely outshine everybody else. Well, also Dan doesn't play on the first record. But Dan, he's not. I mean, he's he's not bad. He joined. Sinister he, Gates. That's. I don't know, man. I think I think I think technically speaking, he's better than Sinister. Sinister does have some better. God, I hate saying that too. But your boy does have better guitar, some better guitar solos. But overall, I think Dan's a better guitar player. I really, really do. Um, but anyway, getting away from that, Maybe. and you know, and and we've talked about how much we love the new Avenged record because it's fucking amazing. It's out. It's it's the album of the year, the new Avenged Sevenfold record. And then and, and your boy had a big hand in writing the entire thing. Who Brooks Wackerman? No. <laughs> <Sister>. <laughs> Was too wise. No, sinister is your boy. Brooks is my boy. Anyway, God, this is just off the rails. Sinister, but black sheep. Um, too wise. It's so fucking annoying. No, is it really? Yeah, sinister. Too wise. S Y and sinister. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought you meant it was like S Y Y or S I N Y Y. I don't know why wise. I thought that. Oh, so Instead annoying. of I, yeah. Ugh. So Black Sheep of the American Dream, check it out. Good stuff. Uh, what do you got for number three? Uh, Black Sheep of the American Dream. This, there we go. So like, this reminded me of Rancid's Rancid, but like Rancid's five in two ways. Mm-hmm. One, like the cover art is identical. It's a skull with the two X's on it. But it's also like a a, a, a reigniting of the band, like a, a, a back to form type of thing, right? When, when bands do like a self-titled yeah. album, like again later on or if they ever do it's kind of like a back to basics thing like here we're resetting we're starting over this is who we want to be now 
And this is uh, this is it coming off of of Death for Life and then their worst album, Death is My Only Friend. It was kind of like, oh fuck, man, where is this band gonna go next? I don't. I was not looking forward to it, but this this drops in hard. This drops in hard, and this is straightforward punk. This is the most straightforward punk album they've had since their first album. And and then definitely oh, yeah, this, sure. this spoken word thing that he liked to do like all the time. But now it's like in the front and he's not kind of like hiding behind and not that he was hiding behind, but he's not hiding behind like the instrumentals. It's just now it's him. He's doing it. And there's parts of it where it's just him alone. And it's kind of like, oh, wow, you've really you've really gained confidence. So it's almost like they're redoing if looks could kill. But like in an older, but modernized wiser it. format. Right. Exactly. Because it's like like Dan is a big part of that. I mean, he's his. Not to say Jim Miner is a bad guitar player because he was a great guitar player, and we'll talk about it on the album of the week. But Dan is just more technically proficient, and he just—it just sounds everything. All his all his lead guitar playing just sounds so seamless. Like it just sounds so like 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 not not lazy, but just kind of just smooth. He's just a smooth guitar player, and I I, I don't know. I have so much respect for the guy. And you watch live videos of Dan. And he just makes it look so goddamn easy. He's always smiling, his big handlebar mustache. I mean, he's just jumping around like pop puck jumping around the stage. And dude, he's just he's a rad dude. I've never actually I don't know if I ever met Dan. Met Ephraim a couple times, but yeah, just Dan just seems like a, such a chill guy, such a cool guy. But um oh, and also, you know, with with Black Sheep, this record, they their new drummer Mike, Mike Cambria, I believe that's his last name, Mike Cambria. This is his first record with the band. He's been in the band ever since. And he's he puts down a solid, really good performance. He's just, he's a really good drummer. He's also plays drums with the Adolescents. He's been playing with the Adolescents for, I think, 10 years as well. Um, but yeah, really solid drummer. They have a really good lineup at this point. I mean, with Dan, Ephraim, Mike on drums. And then I think the other rhythm guitar player is JP something. I don't forgot his last name. But, um, but yeah, no, it's just a solid lineup. Great record too, good. Damn. So, what, what's your banger off Black Sheep? Oh, uh, Depression Expression. Oh, that that was my that was my runner up. My, my banger was What the fuck is going on around here? I forgot to say that by the way. This was a uh, this was a great hardcore punk song. Also, like, I don't know who's doing the backup vocals, but that sounded just like Davey Havoc. Like that was. I, I looked up I three different was. places, but I, I didn't see that it was. But I also didn't see that it wasn't. But it, God damn, I mean, it sounded it just like been. They're mm-hmm. all kind of from the same scene. But then, like the biggest takeaway for this song and this album, and and when I was listening, was this solo. This solo is fucking amazing. It's crazy fun. Yeah, it's silly and it's purposely wanky in a way that it sounds like a kid <laughs> who just learned how to solo, and he's trying to like show off. But it's still fun. It's not like pretentious. It's like he's just excited to do it. <laughs> I loved it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, that's what it looks like when he's playing. He just looks like he's having the time of his life. And same with, not only, well, we'll actually we'll get more into it on the main episode. I don't want to talk too much about their performances, but not yet at least. Okay. So that was your number three, Black number Sheep. Three. My number three is Day of the Death, 2001, second record. This one, I mean, you already, you touched upon it. You know, this is definitely a, a transition out uh, from the craziness of the first, of, if looks could kill, it's definitely more melodic. Um, they have a different drummer. Jared had left the band at this point. I forgot who played on here. Was it Jim Daly? 
actually, I don't remember who played drums on this one. It's a great performance. Don't get me wrong. It, it he fucking nails it. Um, but it's just missing that just kind of craziness and complexity that Jared brought to the first record. And but the songs are here. The melodies are here. Holding sixty dollars over a burning bridge. That is my favorite Death by Stereo song, hands down. That chorus is just that back and forth chorus is just incredible. It's 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 up there with the Vandals go, to me at least. That back and forth and go, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, well, that that's what this. Yeah, it's just it's so perfectly on point. This is also the first record with Dan Palmer on guitar, and um, he's he's not as he he has he there's some solos, some cool leads on here, but he really doesn't start to church things up until um, Death for Life, uh, where he the metal starts to come in more, but. Uh, I don't know. The, the performance on this record's great. I think the the production on here sounds good. The drum sounds solid. It has that early two thousands, late nineties kind of crack to the snare. Still, um, the guitars are just just everything is really balanced is balanced really well in the mix. This is just a really good, solid fucking record. So, Day of the Death is my uh, my number two, or is my number three. And $60 over a burning bridge is my banger. So what do you got for number two? All right. Death for Life, their fourth. This was, uh, this right. is like my really, this is my, really my first dive into like Death by Stereo. Was this album, Binge Purge is is my favorite Death by Stereo song. It's it's beyond perfect. This is, it's an unreal, unreal song. <laughs> this album is very, this album is very metal, but it's not, it's not like, like metal core. It's very metal. It's it's mm-hmm. you can tell these guys listen to Iron Maiden and they listen to like Slayer and they listen to these other bands that are just metal and decided to kind of forego the metal core and just do straightforward metal mixed with punk and it made for a very unique record but I almost wanted to do this on the pod the reason why I dropped it down from the album of the week is because there are a couple songs here that there's a little bit too much singing and I don't want to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear yeah. him sing, and they do kind of get into that metal corey style of singing, and that's just—I mean—that's what's always turned me off of metal music is the singing. I've just—I've never liked—I've just never liked singing in general, I guess, really. But <laughs> the their hardest is on this album. They're, they're the most aggressive and deep and chuggy and nasty on this album. Their their low end is is like fucking crazy low. It's a lot of low end. It's a it's, lot it's, of low end on it's this. It's just record. this this intense like sound where it's just it's blowing your speakers out because it's so low. But they also keep the punk in. You know, there's there's fast songs. Even Binge Purge, my my favorite song. It's two minutes, two and a half minutes long, and that has all of what I've just been, what I've just said. Like it has the low end. Yeah. It's got the fast parts, and those like those crystal like those little crystal things right there on the guitar. Yeah, that's DP, right? That's that's Mr. Palmer. That's yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's dude. They're tight. It's fast. It's great. And and I watched some live videos over the past week, and like my god, it's so dude, good. This band is so good. This is a band that like well, I, like, I, like yeah. clicked, like finally like came together and said, you know what? Let's just. I, I don't know. I I like this album a lot. Um, it's not their best, but I like this album a lot. It's a little bit more nostalgic for me than the one we're doing. Um, I don't know. I I like it. It's good. It's good. It's great. My my number two is also Death for Life. L- absolutely love this record. Um, it's it's definitely one of the outside of if looks could kill. This is the most unique sounding record. 
uh, it is their heaviest record for sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, but I wouldn't call it heavy metal. Like a lot of a lot of things I were I was reading were categorizing this as heavy metal, but it wasn't that. It's it's more it's more. If you want to call it anything, it would be more. It would be closer to thrash, and there's still a ton of hardcore on here. Um, like you said, some metalcore stuff too, but but really thrash is the is the core here. Um, and Dan Palmer, this is where he, sh- this is where he really began to shine. I feel, and with a song like Binge Purge, the quickness of his guitar playing, that that back and forth guitar solo between him and I think uh, not Tim Linton, who was the guitar player, Tim Owens, I think was the guitar player at the, who played on this record uh, with Dan, and that back and forth solo is so fucking cool. I love the solo in Binge Purge, and when you watch videos of this band when Dan was the only guitar player. Cause there were a few years where he was the only guitar player in the band from a live standpoint. And he would just play that solo himself. He'd play the back and forth himself. And it was just like, ah, oh, dude, it was, that solo is so fucking rad. It's so, it's, catchy it's so too. wonky. It's catchy. And it's so wonky. It makes you want to play the air guitar. Well, you can, like, so I know, good. I know the melody to the solo. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very event sevenfold solo. Like there's a melody to it. Yes, it's it's an incredible solo. That's my banger, as well as this Curse of Days. The, the even though it's a single, I don't give a fuck. I love Dan's lead guitar playing in this song, and not I'm not just saying the solo, but his lead guitar playing is just it's it's subtle at points. It's flashy. It, it's just good. So this is like a really well written song. I think it's one of their. I think objectively, this Curse of Days is their best written song they've, they've ever done. Like from like a pop, I don't want to say pop, but from like a mainstream rock to metal to punk to hardcore, this is the most, this is the perfect song. And I just, I think I think it's incredible. And it's a great solo. The melody is awesome. Ephraim kills it on the chorus. It's so fucking catchy. Oh man. And then when it, just when it drops into that solo too, it's just when Ephraim screams, this curse of days, and then it's just, <laughs> dude, the way it's, it drops into the solo good. is it's so simple. It's so simple, but the writing is, is just perfection. And man, dude, I, I love, love death for life. I, I just, I remember picking this when the CD came out, I remember getting this at tower records and uh, yeah. And then finally, finally enough, like shortly after this record came out, uh, Ephraim came into tower records while I was working and I was talking to him about it. And we were talking about this, this record and everything. And, he was so fucking nice. Ephraim is such a cool dude. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just so, so a lot of cool memories and nostalgia with this one too. So Death for Life is my number two. And obviously our number one is If Looks Could Kill, I'd Watch You Die. Yes, sir. So that's the album of the week. So we're going to get into that. Go check it out. Tell all your friends. Keep listening. And that's it. That's all. Official. Give you